This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. It's another edition of the Mark Madden Podcast brought to you here on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. And with the Penguins red hot, I'm going to open up with a top three list today. Top three Penguin surprises. And the uh, number one surprise is Pierre-Olivier Joseph is coming on strong. Got a big goal. Uh, we're taping this Tuesday. Got a goal last night, Monday, in the 2-1 win over Dallas at PPG Paints Arena. And uh, him putting together a string of good games is really big for POJ as he gets an extended shot in the lineup and because the Penguins need a defenseman to be more than ordinary. Uh, Latang's back, looks none the worse for wear from the stroke. He's playing well, but Latang needs a little, I don't know if I want to say relief because he can still play a lot of minutes, but maybe a guy who can do some of what he does. And POJ can tote the puck a bit. He's doing that. He's playing good defense. His Incredible David Bowie-like skinniness is still an obstacle, but he's dealing okay with it. So POJ coming on strong is my number one surprise. Number two, Brock McGinn has eight goals. I didn't think he'd get eight goals all year. You need a bottom six to score above his pay grade if you want to have a contending team, and so far Brock McGinn is doing that. Number three, uh, Jason Zucker is staying healthy, and when he's healthy, he's a top contributor in a top six role. Although, as I was talking about in the press box just last night, if Zucker's in the top six, you need him to be the number six, so to speak. If he's your worst top six, you got a pretty decent top six. Uh, one PS, I'm a little surprised by Ricard Raquel at 12 goals already, and he's the team leader plus 14 because Raquel hasn't topped 20 goals since 2018, but now he's on Sid's line. And that certainly does make a difference. Joining me now, he's my co-host here on the Mark Madden Podcast. He is Tom Offerman. Tom, uh, the Penguins have won six in a row. Are they for real, or is this just another non-playoff hot streak? What's your read? They're kind of the same team they've been for the past four years, right, Mark? They always do this up-and-down thing in the regular season, get and, hot. And they're rallying at exactly the same, same time exact of year time. they generally do, right? 
Exactly. So I'm going to reserve all of my judgment for the Penguins until I see them play in that first round of the playoffs and until they get out of that first round because they're the same team we've seen for the past four years. Hopefully it's not the same result in the end of the road. Yeah, it's important just to get in the playoffs, though. I'm I'm not a big believer in that it's 16 straight playoff year streak now because to me that's the same as the Tomlin no losing season streak. It's what you do with the successful regular season that counts, but uh, you can't do nothing if you don't get there. Now, do you believe in Tristan Jari? He had a pretty good game against Dallas last night, Monday night. Yeah, I tend to believe that the Jari we've seen recently and the Jari we saw at the beginning of the year is the real Tristan Jari, and the little hiccup that he had after his hot start was just a little flash in the pan. I think that he is a legit goaltender, and there's not many legit goaltenders in the league, like you've said before, but I think he's good enough that he can win you a couple playoff rounds. Yeah, I always say there's uh, there's two great goalies, and one of them ain't so great this year in Shesterkin. Right. Avassi in Tampa still doing real well. Sorokin with the island stepped up. Ottinger in Dallas uh, played real good last night in the loss, but, but you're right. It's, but Jari uh, matched him. It yeah, looked good doing it. Didn't match him, beat him. Yeah. Uh, you know, played a real good game, although, boy, to concede a goal in the first minute, that was, that was so Penguins uh, in the last couple of years. Now, here's what worries me, Tom. Is there any playoff team in the East that's a favorable matchup for the Penguins? That you look at the Penguins playing them in a best of seven and say, okay, Penguins got this one, because that's where I get worried. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing them play Jersey in the first round. That sounds crazy because they're on fire, but... But very inexperienced. Very inexperienced. They might be overwhelmed by that inexperience. Carolina got no stars. I yeah, wouldn't that, hate to play them. That's the one that I was circling is Carolina. Oh, okay, tell me why. They play a very similar style of game to the Penguins. So right, it's, not it's tough be, to watch Penguin the Penguins. Exactly. So it's not going to be like playing the Islanders of the past where they just bog crap down in the middle and frustrate the Penguins that way. So similar style and no star power. Penguin stars played really well in the playoffs last year, especially Sid and Mark. Sid looks so hungry this year. When the, yeah. playoff, when the playoffs start, if he's healthy, I feel like he's going to play as well as he was last year, if not even better. The whole team looked hungry against Dallas. I think I even saw Geno backcheck a couple times. Once or twice. Uh, actually made a real good back check where he picked a guy's pocket and turned it the other way. So That line's been a revelation. This yeah, season. that line was the best line last yes. night against Dallas. No question. And another team, I wrestle with this one. I don't think the Islanders are very good, and Barry Trotz don't coach them no more, which means they don't you know totally clog the ice. But they do got Sorokin, and they are big. They got guys like Anders Lee. I don't think that would be an easy matchup, but still, I'd take my chances. And guys like Barzal are now opened up a little bit more now to make plays, right, and score and do what he actually well, wanted to do. Well, he's not. Do. I don't know what his stats are, but the last I looked, they weren't good. So maybe he was a product of Trotz. Or maybe they just, no, no, he hated playing for Trotz. Well, maybe he should have liked it a little bit more then. Maybe they shouldn't have given him all that money they gave him. I I think that's uh, that's that's the angle I'm looking at. Uh, now, the Penguins play Florida on Thursday. Uh, and Florida right now is out of the playoffs. I'm not surprised. People predicted a big year from them, but, but Bucci said they wouldn't even make the playoffs, and right now they wouldn't. I think they gave up too much in the Kachuk deal. Do you think that's what their undoing has been so far? Is they just well, not so much they traded Huberto for Kachuk, although I think Huberto's always going to get more points than Kachuk. Kachuk's just a better player, more physical, more of a force. But they gave up Wegar, that that defenseman. There aren't that many top four defensemen even in the league, and uh, I think that's definitely hurt him. It's a weird road trip for the Penguins. Go, they go to Florida and then to Carolina. Usually, you do you know Florida and Tampa in the same trip, but they're not this time. And the goaltending has been a bit bizarre for the Panthers, too. They should switch to Spencer Knight as their number one goaltender if they haven't already. It's almost exactly split right now. 16 starts for Bob, 15 for Knight. But Knight's almost a, a full goal against better than Bob is this year. Bob's been terrible. 
while you got your computer out there, because I left mine in, on my desk, check out uh, Matthew Barzal's stats. I'd actually like to know. I'm curious what, what he's doing for the Islanders, because at one point he had like one goal in 19 games. Uh, he's still their leading point getter. He only has three goals this year, but he has 27 apples, so 30 points. Yeah, but if you only have three goals, you're not doing That's your bad, job. yeah. I wonder if he's in one of those Jags where he's doing nothing but pass. Like, Sid gets that way when he's playing badly, when he can't finish, where he just passes, 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 passes. He might get that way, but he's never gotten three goals in 29 games bad. I remember I asked Mario one time, this was near the end of his first career, what's the longest he went without scoring a goal? He said, I don't know, maybe three games. And I never looked it up, but I bet he, I bet he was right. I bet there might have been an exception here and there. Maybe like four or five here But and there, I bet but yeah. in general he was right. He did not go a week's time without scoring a goal. Now, what's your biggest concern about the Penguins from what we've seen so far? That they're going to get injured because they've been unbelievably healthy so far this year. And we've said all along. Well, now Petrie's out. Yes, and hopefully he comes back soon or rather than later. I mean, Mark Letang had a stroke and was back in two weeks' time. That's unheard of. He missed four games. So their health has been great. And we've said all along they're razor thin depth-wise. One injury to that top six could undo everything. And they haven't had that injury yet, but I'm worried that shoe's going to drop. That Dr. Vice, the guy who treats Tanger? Yeah. That's who I want if I have a stroke. I want that guy. Um, my big concern is that I think their third line's awful. I think Carter's in his death rattle. He looks so slow out there. Kapanen's too inconsistent. They made a decent play on the power play to set up POJ against Dallas. McGinn's doing great on that line, but if McGinn's the best guy on a line, it's not a good line. No, McGinn needs to be the third best player on that line. Right. And continue to play at the pace that he is right now. Kapanen's going to be bad again. Like, I, I know he's played well oh, since he's he bad re- now. Well, you know what I mean, though. I know he's played okay since he returned from the press box, but... I wouldn't go that far. He's going to be terrible again. His production's going to go way down again, and... I don't know how you fix that third line, though, because they're in cap hell. They have no assets to trade. You kind of just have to hope that all three of those guys play better, right? I guess I would have given Samuel Poulin a longer look. Maybe. But, but now he's on personal leave right. from, from Wilkes. So, and uh, you don't want to break up anybody on that fourth line because it's been playing so well. No, and Bluger, I mean, they've allowed, since Bluger came back, they've only allowed uh, goals on the PK in two games right. since he came back. So he's provided an incredible lift there. Uh I, I want to talk Steelers a little bit, even though they suck and and their season's <laughs> over. You know, it's funny now that they're actually, for sure, by any description out of the playoff race, we shouldn't shouldn't talk about them as much. But we'll probably talk about them more. But uh, I didn't take too much away from the Tomlin press conference earlier today, Tuesday, except when he said that you know he's not sure who will start a quarterback if Pickett can't go. What a dink! I, I mean, no respect for Trubisky. He's never had any respect for Rudolph. If I were one of those two guys, I'd tell him, look, I'm going home. Good luck. Let start, me know. start Zach Gentry. Yeah, yeah, start whoever's <laughs> still here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I just, I mean, isn't that disrespectful? And I don't think he's handled the quarterbacks right all year. Trubisky threw three awful interceptions on no Sunday. Question. But the game that he played didn't warn him getting benched for a guy that hasn't even run with your second team in practice all year long. He's barely gotten a look practice time-wise. He's never gotten a helmet on game day. The answer to the question today was, Trubisky's starting if Pickett can't go, and that's the end of it. And I think he will. Yeah, I think he's having a little fun with the media. I think he's a dink. You know, and I think it's time to say that now he's finally going to have a losing season. I mean, I, I, I just, I never had much respect for him in the, you know, for years because I think he's badly underachieved with, with Ben. But now Ben's not there, and, and the quarterback situation's been a farce. He's... Do you agree he's mishandled it since the day Ben retired? The quarterback situation? Yes. Oh, big time. It was a panic move to put Kenny into the game against the Jets, and I really think they would have been alive in their season if they had just rode out Mitch. The one thing that people seem to conveniently ignore 
is Mitch was allowed to get better as the season went on. Like he was allowed to get more comfortable in the offense, of develop a rapport with the receivers, and cut down on the interceptions well, like Kenny did. Mitch. They lied to Mitch. They told him it'd have through you'd the have, bye week. You'd, Everyone at knows least, that. At least through the bye week. And not only that, they said, y'all, you'd have all the opportunity. You know, we're not just going to say you throw two interceptions and you're out forever. We're, we're going to give you a longer leash than that. And it was clearly BS. Because well, he didn't even throw an interception really against the Jets. He just looked bad. Well, right. And he got in the argument with Deontay and, and Tomlin likes Deontay and blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe you should like Deontay less. Another game without 100 yards from him. And 13 games without a touchdown. <sighs> 13 games on a touchdown for a guy who got a $36 million contract in the offseason. Doesn't buy what it used to, huh? Now, we agree that Trubisky got screwed. Did Rudolph get screwed? Because he never got a real chance. Yes, I believe he got screwed in a way. You know, and his numbers, if you look at his numbers from when he was 24, the games he played at that point, they're superior to Pickett's. They are slightly superior to Pickett's, yes. Pickett was the first-round draft pick, though, so you extend a little bit more of a, hey, this guy's going to get better belief with him. Oh, no, I'm not saying give up on Pickett. I'm just saying that— uh, It's just funny that you look at those stats and they're similar. I think both of the backups, uh, Trubisky and Rudolph, can legitimately feel hard done by. Either one of them's not going to want to be the number two next year, in my mind. Like, well, if, uh, if they knew they were going to—that's right. They'll both want to go. I know Trubisky has to stay. They have, have him under contract. have to bring back Charlie Batch. <laughs> no, I bet, I, bet, I bet he'll let Trubisky go. Just as Trubisky like a, wants to like go. a good guy move? No, just because I, I think Trubisky is going to say some things he'd like to say at season's end. I just had that feeling. Yeah, so I think both of them are going to walk at the end of the season because they have both been jerked around immensely. Well, Rudolph did nothing wrong to not at least deserve the chance to be the bridge that Trubisky was. When well, he well came that's in. where they screwed the pooch. If they had any inkling of drafting a quarterback, they should have uh, just made Rudolph the bridge guy. And I know that they say, oh, we didn't know that Pickett would necessarily be there at pick 20. Read the tea leaves. Everybody knew that this was a bad quarterback class, and the quarterbacks were probably going to fall instead of going in the top 10. Now, uh, I want to ask you the question I ask everybody else. How has Pickett improved? Tell me specifically how you think he's improved. The only real area that I think it's tangible is he doesn't throw interceptions anymore. And that also translates to a lot more conservative play style, which isn't pushing the ball down the field and only scoring 20 points a game, but... He threw a ton of picks early on, and he hasn't since. That's the one area I look at and say, okay, that's improvement. Yeah, but there's more to quarterbacking than just not throwing interceptions. Mitch Trubisky proved that on Sunday. Except he threw too many interceptions. That's the ironic part. I mean, he clearly had a better game than Pickett's had in oh, recent yeah. memory. Maybe a better game than Pickett's ever had, but he threw too many interceptions. I haven't seen the Steelers move the ball between the 20s like that all year long. Do you agree with my um, my theory that if Pickett had gone to Iowa uh, – they, the, the, the hoi poi would want him yanked. Oh, my God. In this town? Yeah. Absolutely. And they would be unreasonable to be acting that way, but that's exactly how they'd be acting. Uh, but they're unreasonable on the other side of the fence because he's from Pitt, so they give him the biggest leash that they possibly could. He He's taking baby steps. There's no like leap forward or game that you point to and say that's a number one franchise quarterback, but he's slowly getting better at some areas. Either that or maybe he's avoiding failure. I mean, uh, you know, I don't think he's playing winning quarterback. No. You know, he's playing, let's hope we don't lose by making a mistake quarterback. Where Trubisky came in on Sunday and played, I'm, tried win- to win. I'm winning this football game. Yeah, he yeah. didn't, but he tried. He tried. Uh, okay, uh, as Tomlin is on the cusp of uh, his first losing season, tell me why he's still a good coach, because I've challenged people on that too, and they can't come up with anything. I'm not going to be able to come up with anything. Uh, I longer than you did, gave him a little bit of rope and said, hey, I I think he's a good coach and he's just had some bad years here. But the way that the team has turned culture-wise, the way that he handled this quarterback transition situation and his hiring of staff is what really makes me pull my hair out. He 
He has underwhelmed. It's, it's a cheap staff, and he won't hire anybody he, that might know more right. than him. And it's so underwhelming. Every Except time they change Flores, over the and there was an agenda there, albeit an admirable one. Well, Flores should have come in and been the defensive coordinator, straight up. And he should have been given autonomy over the defense. Instead, now I think he's the third voice in that room. Well, the, the whole thing's meetings. buddy system. The whole organization is buddy system. Well, Danny Smith, I think, proves that more than anybody. Well, I mean, no, the whole organization, Tom. You got Cam Hayward's brother. You got you got TJ Watt's brother. You got Danny Smith because he's from Central Catholic. You got Andy Weidel because he's Mount Lebanon. Um, and you watch. You're going to draft Peasy's kid. You watch. You watch. It would be beautiful if they picked Peasy's kid. What? Don't you think there's a, a decent chance that's going to happen? I do, and I also think there's a decent chance that they're going to draft Peasy's kid and they're going to realize we just picked a safety because he's not good enough to play corner in the NFL. Well, I think one service I'm providing is by predicting every place I can and in as mocking a fashion as I can they're going to draft Peasy's kid, that makes it less likely they'll draft Peasy's kid. Unless Tomlin just says, you know, screw that fat ass, we're drafting Peasy's kid. Which would make it all the more glorious if exactly. you could call it from this far I'm away. I'm not sure if Mike Tomlin even knows who I am, though. Oh, he knows who you are. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, okay, we go from there to the uh, very popular weekly Five Guys segment. You have a uh, top five... Uh, Let's not make a top five because that's my old gimmick. Right. Five guys. You're talking five game show hosts. Five game show hosts. That's right. My first submission, number five on the list, is the only active game show host and the only living game show host that I have in five guys. Little five guys analytics for you there. Steve Harvey, Family Feud. I hate him. You hate Steve Harvey? I hate him. Oh, he's one of my favorites. You know what I hate about him? I hear too many stories about how arrogant he is Like when, when he runs into people. I'm sure he couldn't be. And, and he has no reason to be arrogant. He is an absolutely minimal talent. That stinks to hear that, but his facial expressions on the feud play so well. I'm sorry. I, I, I This is one of your few picks for five guys I, I totally crap on because he's no Richard Dawson. Well, he's coming up on the he's list. He's no Richard Dawson. I have two family feud guys and By Here. the way, by saying that Steve Harvey's the only living guy... You're telling me Bob Barker's not on a list. Is Bob Barker not on? Is Bob Barker alive still? Yeah, he's. I thought he's 99 dead. Yesterday. Wow, my bad. Then sorry. I just is he ki- on the list? I just killed Bob Barker inadvertently. Yes, he is on the list. Hey, Adam you know Sandler what? couldn't do it. What makes you think that you could? Here, I'll sub in. I had a guy on the outside looking in. Pat Sajak. Will you accept that sub in for Steve Harvey? Then Wheel of Fortune. I don't really like Wheel of Fortune. I don't like. Much. I don't like Pat Sajak either. Okay, nah, screw scratch it. Scratch that out too. Number four, Regis Philbin, who wants to be a millionaire. I have a feeling you might not like Regis either. I don't. Oh, I don't. I'm swinging and missing today on five but, but guys. I, but I will say that he he is magnificently and very subtly condescending on who wants to it's be beautiful, right? Like you know, he, he he makes everybody. He doesn't make them feel like they're idiots. He makes them feel like they might be idiots, <laughs> right? And whoever they're calling with the what do they call that thing? Phone a friend that they might be an idiot as well. Yeah, like he'll be like, uh, "You sure you want to call that guy?" Right, exactly. Uh, you think he knows the answer? It, it's beautiful. Okay, number three was Richard Dawson, the original family. He's feud. the best. You think he's the best? Absolute best. And also, too, don't forget, he was on The Running Man, hosting that. Did uh, you see Running Man no. with Schwarzenegger? Oh, it was like in a post-apocalyptic oh, society, the, and it's a game show, right? It's a it's a game show where they send uh, criminals who are wrongly convicted, of course out into a game zone, and they get hunted down and killed by Jesse the Body Ventura. Jim Brown. Jim <laughs> Brown went out there. But Schwarzenegger, of course, proved to be too hot to handle. Of course. And then at the end, he killed Richard Dawson. Oh, that sounds like a movie right up my alley. Richard Dawson kissed so many women, too, on the lips during Family Feud. Uh, Richard Dawson in Running Man was a great heel, too. Yeah? Oh, it's unbelievable. That could be like another subcategory, game show host appearances in movies, because the next guy, Bob Barker, who is still alive, by the way, was number two on my list. The price is wrong, bitch. 
I think Bob Barker's tremendous. Uh, I, I think even when he goes outside the realm of the game show, like when he did uh, did uh, Happy Gilmore, yeah. and when he did he did a skit on on uh, WWE with Chris Jericho. I saw the I'm other sure day. It was beautiful. It, it was unbelievable. Uh, and uh, I, I just I, I think he's a super talent. I'm assuming he banged all the all the all the women on the prices right, correct? I mean Yeah, safe was, to assume. Wasn't that said? I, I think that was actually implied or said or or something, but uh, For the purposes of this podcast it was. Yeah, and uh and like I loved the game like Plinko. How could you not like Plinko? I always wanted to it's play beautiful. Plinko. Plus, I will say this though. I thought whenever the guy the last guy with the last price would say one dollar because everyone else went over. Right. I think that was dirty pool and Bob Barker should have socked him. He should get you should be able to do it, but you get one punch in the face from Bob Barker. Exactly. That's right. your penalty. Exactly for it. right. Is that your favorite game show? Price is right. Mine's Family Feud, both Dawson and Harvey. But take the host out of it as far as the games that they're playing. That's a good question. Uh, I really liked High Rollers, I never hosted heard of it. by Alex Trebek and Ruta Lee. That was pre Jeopardy. Um, I, I might go with Let's Make a Deal, Monty Hall. Okay. I, I also like the fact that Monty Hall appeared on that 70s show. Well, there you go. That's in the a ice fantasy on the cake, sequence yeah. of Let's Make a Deal, where in, instead of. Uh, Instead of choosing a career as a award-winning female journalist, Donna chose Eric riding on a jackass. So that was very memorable. Well, you mentioned my number one guy on the list just now, Alex Trebek. It's got to be. It's Alex Trebek. Well, you said it was Richard Dawson in your mind as the greatest of all time, but I, I put Trebek. Did I say there. that? Yeah. Uh, Trebek Dawson won two. One two. You, and you left out like Chuck Woolery. Yeah, Chuck Woolery. Gene, was on a, Chuck Woolery was like a bunch of, oh wait, you know what else? I got my favorite uh, game show. And I, I forget who the host was. I think it was Jack Barry. Uh, the Joker's Wild. Never heard of it. Never saw Joker, it. Joker, Joker, and a triple. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. because Jack Barry, I think, uh, he, he, he was on those fixed game shows in the 50s. And they find out it was fixed, and he got banned from television. But he came back. I forget if he was the host of the creator of The Joker's Wild. Look that up. Look that up on your machine there. Who was the host of The Joker's Wild? I saw a celebrity, Joker's Wild. They revived it. And the host was Snoop. I did see that on TBS, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like just, it was surreal. I, I watched it for like 90 seconds. That's probably what's going to come up now when I search it. Jack Barry. He was the host? He was the host. He oh, who created the show and eventually revived it with his longtime producer partner, Dan Enright. So he was the host and the creator. Joker, Joker, and a triple. Yeah, but Trebek's just tremendous. So smooth with it. And we got to see Celebrity Jeopardy's Will Ferrell impersonation of him, which was great, too. And uh, who, who did Sean Connery? Oh, uh, Daryl Hammond. Yeah, he was tremendous. And you had uh, uh, Burr, Norm MacDonald as Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Although Norm MacDonald's basically playing himself. He is. Thinly disguised as Burt Reynolds. Still beautiful. Yeah. Uh, no, Trebek number one, for sure. Uh, Richard Dawson, a close second. And uh, Jack, I got to give Jack Barry credit because he he fixed, got banned, and came back. Pete Rose couldn't do that. No, Jack Barry did. Uh, you ever see the movie game show? No. It was about to fix game shows. Uh, uh, I want to say Christopher McDonald was Jack Barry. Shooter McGavin. Really? Yes. <laughs> and uh, and Ray Fiennes was the contestant who who, who the thing got exposed. That they like. Um, what did they do? Like buzz in his ear or something? The answer? No, or? they would give him the questions beforehand. So he would study. Okay. And, and, and like and like, but you'd have to tell the guy before that he was that he was. Uh, well, no, I think they gave him the answers. Then he felt guilty about that. So they gave him the questions. He looked up the answers, which is idiotic in the movie anyway. But uh, John Turturro was the guy he beat. Oh, 
tremendous. Which was it was just tremendous. And uh, the research showed that every time they had a Jewish contestant, that when he lost, the, the Gentile contestant up next won more money. That was in the movie. It was just it was just a great movie. And uh, Ray Fiennes played like the 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 he was a professor at I think at Harvard or or Yale or one of them. And but he still played the clueless dolt. He was like the smart dummy. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean—the smart dummy who eventually caught, him. or the dumb smart guy. Um, like, how did they get caught? I think John Turturro ratted. I haven't seen the movie in a while. Sounds like something a Turturro character would do. <laughs> Jesus or the Jesus? <laughs> I said Jesus. That's terrible. Okay, uh, I got uh, a top three, and this is a good debate too. Very, very well done with the with the five guys too. Top three bands who successfully changed lead singers. Mm, interesting. Now, um, number one, and I go in descending order for some reason with these, it's got to be Van Halen. Yes. Because they sold more records with Sammy than they did with Dave. And the keyword is successfully replaced. Right. Now, now, whether you like the Dave version better than the Sammy version, that's... Up to your interpretation, of right, course. Right, right. And, and it's hotly it's, debated. It's undoubted that they were still just as, if not more successful when they make it. To show how much those guys hated each other, if they ever would have done one tour with both singers, they could have backed up the Brinks truck every night and they yes. just wouldn't do it. Heck, they can't even get a tribute show together to, to Eddie. You know what I mean? Like Taylor Hawkins died from Foo Fighters. They had like, what, four tribute shows done in like side of four weeks. <laughs> and that's the Foo Fighters. Right, right. And then and then Wolfgang Van Halen had to do the tribute to his dad on one of those shows. <laughs> You know, but they still can't get together. That's I mean, a shame. Dave won't do this. Alex won't do this. Uh, number two, Black Sabbath. Okay. Uh, e, uh, Ozzy Osbourne out. Ronnie James Dio in. And Sabbath stayed just as big, albeit for a short time, only two albums. Uh, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. Uh, but my favorite Sabbath album is is uh, Heaven and Hell. And it, they got the reform the... Second Black Sabbath to do a tours is heaven and hell later. You know what I mean? So it had yeah, staying right. power too. Nice. Uh, number three, Deep Purple, uh, personal prejudice here. Ian Gillen out, David Coverdale in. Same as Sabbath. Um, two great LPs. Again, not like Van Halen, but I consider, once again, like with Heaven and Hell and Sabbath, I consider Burn, the first Purple album with David Coverdale to be Deep Purple's best album. Now, you've heard none of these bands, have you? Oh, I've heard some of these bands. I love Van Halen, first of all. Never really heard Deep Purple. Let me throw one out there, and it might not count because they had to make the switch because of death. What about ACDC? No, they're on my list. Yeah? They're on my list, but but here's the thing. Bon Scott to Brian Johnson. They became exponentially more successful with Brian Johnson. Yeah, Back in Black, his first album's their best album by yes. far. Yes, yes. I mean, it was funny, but Bon Scott's death really publicized ACDC, and then, took and then the tribute top. album... You know, it was just, I mean, you know, how could you beat, you know, Hell's Bells, the the bell tolling for Bond? Yeah, right. You know, it was just, it was unbelievable. But uh, but you can't beat Bond Scott's voice. I mean, uh, that's, it's unbelievable. You know what? I but Brian comes close. Yeah, I can't pick between one or the other. Who that, you prefer leading yeah, like ACDC? With, with, with Van Halen, I prefer Dave. Um, with Black Sabbath, I prefer Dio. With Purple, I prefer Coverdale. With ACDC, I can't decide. An- another, uh, another couple, Iron Maiden... Never well, really heard of Iron Maiden. Yeah, they Never went given from Paul Diano to to uh, to Bruce Dickinson. The first Bruce Dickinson album was their was their breakthrough, and then Genesis from Peter Gabriel to Phil Collins. But they went from an artsy, you know, type progressive band to uh, a pop band. The band totally changed when they went from Gabriel to Collins. 
okay, we pretty much lost the whole audience with that with that uh, discussion. Isn't Christopher Walken's character Bruce Dickinson in the cowbell sketch for SNL? I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Well, it's not the same Bruce Dickinson, but that's is. just a very funny because I remember he's like Bruce Dick. We're dealing with the legendary Bruce Dickinson here. What Bruce Dickinson wants, Bruce Dickinson gets. No, believe me, Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden certainly wasn't present when Blue Oyster Cult <laughs> uh, taped uh, taped Reaper. So, so. Uh, well, that wraps up another uh, great edition of the Mark Madden uh, podcast. Uh, don't forget, ignore the Steelers, follow the Penguins. That's the Steelers right. are losers, the Penguins are winners. I'm Mark Madden on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.